The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We're proud to say that BetDSI have rejoined us once again as one of our keynote sponsors on Three Yards Per Carry. We welcome them and we welcome you to join up with them. The NFL season obviously kicks off at the weekend. The college football season has just got underway, but it's not just limited to football. The baseball playoffs are coming. Uh, There are a myriad of other sports out there that you could bet on. There's entertainment things, there's politics things at BetDSI.com. They have a great app. I've used it myself. I know the boys have used it too. They have a great mobile interface. And you know, this year, you can get 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1,000. That's 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1,000. Use the code YARDS101. As always, YARDS101. Bet DSI for all of your betting needs and other ones that you probably didn't even know existed. YARDS101 with Bet DSI. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on and welcome to another episode of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. I have Simon Clancy with, with me here. I have Chris Kaufman. And this is your New England Patriots preview show. And good Lord, if you saw that game last week, what can the Patriots do to us? We just lost 59-10 to 10 to a team that's considered nowhere near as good as the Patriots. And you saw what the Patriots did to the Steelers. So something even more embarrassing can be on the way. So we're going to talk some other things to start this show. Chris, you had some open-ended questions for us. First, Simon, are you sniffing and smelling salts like Adam Gase over there? I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm hearing in the background. Oh, no, I'm watching uh, Texans Saints. Oh, okay. Uh, are you crying over it? I might be chewing, chewing gum. That might be the other thing. <laughs> um, so, first open ended question. Actually, I had two, and one of them was like, you know, semi serious. Another one was supposed to be kind of funny. Uh, and, and then I forgot the second one. So, instead of that funny one, I wanted to ask I sent you around the picture of, um, of Gardner Minshew. What does Gardner Minshew look like to you? Like, Alf, Alf, you had one. Yes, he looks like a, a detective from a bad 1970s movie. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's good. Simon, what does Gardner Minshew look like to you? Uh, I haven't seen the picture, so I don't know. You have, you've never seen Gardner Minshew? I mean, I have seen him, but I haven't seen the picture. Oh, okay. You have to see this picture, Simon. It's, it's a great polo. It's, it's a great the, polo. It's in the WhatsApp chat. You know what he looks like to me? He looks like your girlfriend's estranged father. Yeah. <laughs> that went to prison and you don't know why he went to prison for 
Yeah, but he's like reformed and now he's part yeah. of a church group. Yeah, it's like, now he's a good guy. Kenny Powers' his brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right, but you're perfect to get the Chiefs on Sunday, by the way. And now he has the controls. We wanted to we wanted to kick off though a little bit of uh, talk about whether you know the the tanking thing since that's that's controlling the the local narrative and national narrative about the Dolphins. Um, and I'll I'll kick it off by by asking this question. I'll I'll leave it open ended for both of you to to comment on. If you were to assume, let's just assume, let's just play games here. Uh, that the owner at the beginning of all this, he said, "Listen, I just want you to do four things." just four things that's it he's like one clean up my books clean up the salary cap books and you know what that means you guys know the salary cap so clean up the books two get a high pick in in 2020 like you know be bad all right three don't be too bad though don't be like historically bad especially at home we don't want to like get everybody all dejected and create make us you know a national laughing stock or anything like that so be bad but you know not ridiculous not one in 15 not oh and 16 that's sort of bad and four you know if you he also asked you to um assemble like sort of a cash a cachet of of picks that you could maybe use to trade up and get your quarterback target if it's necessary next year in 2020 those four things so you know clean up my books be bad don't be too bad get, get some extra picks this is how they accomplished those things, what you just saw on on Sunday mm. and what you've seen with the roster and everything that we've been talking about. Did they blow it or did they just do it too good? Simon. Um, did they blow it or did they do it too good? Um, I mean, I don't really know. They've, I mean, they've assembled a high school roster, so... Uh, I think if that's if that was what they were aiming to do, then they've done it perfectly. But I think that they will be a you know look. People are saying, "Oh, I'm all in on this, and it's fantastic." And then after like two quarters, when they're down forty-two-three, there were so many people bitching that you know you can't expect it to you can't expect people to be happy when this goes sixteen games, which it clearly is going to. You know, as I said, and I've said for months. This team is, is historically terrible. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. It's coming. I'm not, I mean, we all know. We all know. Simon, I don't need to say it. We all know. Simon, Simon from the top rope. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'll just leave it out there. But I said historically this would be one of the worst teams <laughs> ever. You all right. I gave, I gave you – don't say I didn't give you no. the chance. You did. You and I didn't, want to, I didn't want to lay into both of you. So you, could have dunked, you could have dunked on me right there. Could you have could have done. All right. No, but I, I just, you know, I mean, what, what do people expect? I mean, uh, I was talking to a uh, uh, Miami sports writer yesterday who was in the press box and saying that this was, you know, reverberating around not just the, the Miami press, but the Baltimore press about how ridiculous some of the decisions were in the run-up to, you know, inexplicable that you cannot defend decisions of players that they get, got rid of, making it so obvious it's so obvious. Yeah. But there are so many other issues that are around. What if Tungavalo mm. doesn't come out? Which is, you know, he can't be sitting there. He's not stupid. He can't sit wherever he sits in Alabama and think, you know, the team that's almost certainly tanking for me because tank for tour has become a, a thing. He can't be sitting there thinking, this is going to be fun on a team that's got 
maybe one player that would start on the on the Patriots team, or or Alabama. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I saw tonight. I saw this evening. There was talk of Minka Fitzpatrick being traded after um, the issues yesterday. He, what, apparently, he said that he wasn't told why he was benched. He was given no indication as to what happened. He tried to speak to Coach Flores afterwards. Was told that he was that there was nothing to say. Move on to next week. Um, he doesn't seem like a particularly happy camper. Um, so, I mean, who knows? It's um, but this is what people. You know, this if you're going to do it, do it properly. But this just seems, you know, like trading Tunsil seems odd now because you just look at that roster, and there's a handful of players that that you know, and the players must realise that too. They must know that there's only a handful of them that are going to be involved when it, you know, in two or three years' time when this thing maybe starts to turn around. So how, I don't know, how do you sell the message if you're if you're Flores and Greer? And I don't know whether you mentioned it in the in the the other show, but you know. 59-10, they've got to, you know, I, I all of a sudden wonder whether or not they make it through the season. Chris Greer especially. Yeah. You know, that's, the, you know, I'm sure that Ross told them that, you know, you get rid of the money, get rid of the, the, the cap issues, and let's get one of those two quarterbacks. But to lose maybe 35-15 or 35-18 is fine. But to, to be blown out, that was so embarrassing. It was oh. so embarrassing. You know, I mean, it was the worst home loss in franchise history. Yeah, and it could have been significantly worse as well. It could have. It could have. You know, I mean, the Ravens. I, I know they went. I know they did fake punt, and I know that they did some other things. But the, you know, the throwing late in the game. But, fourth and goal of forty nine points. But I, I get that though, because if you kick a field goal, you could. You know, you're. Uh, it's, it's a difficult, one, isn't it? If you're a coach, it's a difficult situation. Do you kick a field goal and know that you're going to get the points, or do you just go for it because you think that you know you might turn the ball over? I mean, it's a tough one, um, but I mean, it could have been it could have been sixty five or, or or more because they could have just kept on throwing. There was nothing yeah. that we could have done. Nothing yeah, they could have done. They didn't even do half of what they probably could have done. <laughs> Ross has got to Ross has got to be massively embarrassed by what happened yesterday. And uh, as much as I'm sure what he wanted was was one of those quarterbacks and uh, us to be in a position where we can rebuild, I don't think he thought being blown out at home in the first game by 49 points with a high school roster was the look he was going for. It's embarrassing. And, but that sort, of, that sort of gets to the heart of the question, and, and I'll kick it over to you, Alf. But uh, the, the question, because that third objective, like don't be too bad. Don't be historically bad. Like this is something that Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald, reported on. Uh, a number, a couple of weeks ago, he got clarification. It was from a dolphin source or somebody, somebody close to the to the owner situation, clarifying what Steve Ross told them, what he wants, what he wants, and it is clearly, you know, he wants to be bad. He just doesn't want to be too bad. Like he doesn't ridiculous. want to be. Yeah, he doesn't want to be historically bad he's like yes i understand that we're going to be bad this year and you know what quite frankly he said that that's when we complain about that first press conference that he conducted he said it right then he said it right then he was like you know yes we're going to be bad um i fired adam Gase because i think he wants to win right now we want to sort of engage a rebuild and do all this stuff but somebody said you know does that mean going forward 12 or something like that and he said god i hope we don't have to go forward 12 to do that so what he was saying right away is, yeah. I don't want to be too bad. And 59-10 is that. They violated already one of his objectives. 
Yeah. Well, but he's insane. If he if he wants, what is it? What does he mean by not too bad? He wants to go four and four I, at home. I think he said what he means. Seven on the road. Is that what he wants? I think he said what he means. Yeah, I mean, not too <laughs> bad. Don't impossible. don't be don't be don't take the worst home loss in franchise history in your first goddamn game. But how but do you must- engineer a five and eleven season? How do you do that? It's almost imp- you either engineer. No, that's not true. I don't buy that. Or near nine and seven. I don't. I think you can. I think. I don't think you can. I mean, I don't think it's all or nothing. I don't think you just go zero and sixteen and be fifty nine ten at home against the Ravens I or in my opinion, or else you're bad, seven and nine. Yeah, but in my <laughs> opinion, if you set out to be bad, you can be historically bad. The two thousand and seven team. Somebody pointed it out today on Twitter. Go look at those scores again. That team went one and fifteen and probably should have been zero and sixteen if not for. Brian Billick, go look at some of those scores. They lost six of the first nine games by three points or less. Six of the first but nine games. Nobody, nobody can look at that game yesterday and think that that team is going to win a single game or even be competitive in a single game. Yeah, They're not. And, that's, and that's the course that they set out on, and maybe they went a little bit too far, and I think they went way too far on the offensive line. I mean, the line, ca- the line cannot protect. I mean, Fitzpatrick got they can't you know, hammered. They can't, pass, they, they can't pass block. He's going to res- die. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You know, the, the receivers did. He better have life insurance. Off. I hope he does. He's got a lot of kids. He needs life insurance. Yeah. How much- what I don't understand is this. If you're going to engage this tank, and this is what it is, it's a tank, okay, and you're going to rebuild, quote unquote, rebuild, mm-hmm. isn't part of the, the reason that you're going you're gonna to jettison these expensive players like Kiko and, you know, Tunsil and, you know, potentially expensive in Tunsil, Kenny Stills, and then you're going to try to replace them with these diamonds in the rough. You're going to go out there and you're going to go fishing. You're going to try to find all these guys. What did they really find? They found Preston Williams, and that's it. That's all. Yeah, that was a UDFA. I mean, any team can sign a UDFA. Yeah, so yeah, and that's all up, you we know. have to show for it as far as a young player. Like, we had high hopes for Sam Aguavon. He had a rough start to his NFL career. But – yep. What else is there? What, Christian Wilkins? He looked okay. I guess that was your first round pick. I mean, that was yeah, a- yeah, like he's supposed to be good. Like if Charles, you- ha- Charles Harris wasn't any sort of impact. I mean, how much time did Lamar Jackson have to throw the ball? Oh God. I mean, how- look, we talked about Jerome Baker. I mean, I don't think Baker played very well. No, he was I-, bad. I thought I thought I mean at some point we potentially have to have a conversation about Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, we've yes. and, and we covered we covered it quite a bit on the uh, the last pod. Okay. Yes, we did. Um, I mean, that. Was, and you're right. I fully believe I'm with you. They've either got to find a proper position for him, mm-hmm. or we need to have a serious conversation about is this kid really what we thought he was? Yeah. Yeah, and let me ask you. Let me ask you, Simon, because I think this was really important. We talked about it in the last pod. We were me and Chris were talking about you know Micah Fitzpatrick, and and I said the way he's. I'm not going to say acting, but the way he's subtly using all this, you know, this passive aggressive language through the media, usually that's reserved for a guy that's been in the league for eight years and made six Pro Bowls. This guy's been here two years. He was a, he had a good rookie year. Is he chirping a little bit too much? Like I was telling Chris, like, we don't need this aggravation. I am the last guy to tell players to just shut up and play, but we really do not need this right now, Minka. So just shut up and play. What do you make? He said, I want to play football. He said, I want to play football. I've lost games before, but it hasn't been like this. But I have lost games before. Like I said, all I can control is my attitude, the joy I have of this game, the passion I have of this game. That's it. I can't control anything else. This is when I asked whether or not he wanted to stay in Miami or be traded. So, <laughs> like, I mean, 
you know, if you're kind of wondering who, who might have gone chirping to their their agent saying, you know, get me out of here. I think he kind of just put the target on his own back. Yeah. Um, by you know, by hemming and hawing a little bit and sort of dissembling. Um, but I mean, I, six you know, catches for 117 yards and three touchdowns against it wasn't great. No, you know. it's not a good look. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. But you know, the, and I brought this up, Simon, before he played at Alabama. They didn't lose a lot of. And he says I've lost games before. Yeah, but they he played at Alabama. They didn't lose a lot, and um, and so and they generally had a advantage over everybody that they were playing they had an advantage in everything that they do over there that coaching staff and the way that they they operate versus the rest of the college landscape he's gotten here and you know he put he put the last coaching staff directly on blast when they but we we all like excused it would you know oh they were the departing coaching staff we hate them too we hate them too it's okay but now he's sort of doing that with the current coaching staff and you're like okay but he's establishing the kind of player he's going to be um, as a pro. And that's, that's not going to sit well, but this is just one of many storylines that are going to spring up in a really bad season. I mean, that's that losing breeds this sort of shit. So should I tell you, he looks great in pass protection right now for Houston. Who's that? (laughs) Guess who? Tun- uh, Houston have just gone up fourteen three, and Tunsil has just put on a clinic. Is on that drive? Is uh, uh, watch, him on, watch him? Watch him on on run. False play. start penalty, but yeah, watch him on run play, Simon. He looks even better see, there. Yeah, that screen. He was um, yeah, different class. And that, that that's the point because my, my argument, is having seen yesterday, although I knew it was going to be the same anyway, is that you don't need those extra picks for Tunsil to, to be able to secure Tungavala. There's not a team that's close to being as bad as we are. Yes. And that's the, that's the biggest issue for me. And that's, because, where, that's where I think that they went way too far. You don't need yeah. – I said, and I said it on Twitter. You don't need to cut Tank Carradine and Nate Orchard. Those guys are not going to get you into the playoffs. Okay? And also, Houston are now up 14-3 to against the, the, you know, the NFC favorite mm-hmm. on the road. You know, and that first-round pick that we get off them – you know, it's and they make it look easy. Yeah, of course it is. So all of a sudden you're looking, you know, you might be looking at, a, you know, two or at one and Andrew Thomas or Tristan Wirt. All of a sudden you're looking at 26, 27, 28. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, really is the 28th pick in the first round worth, you know, one of the top eight left tackles in the game? Probably not. Well, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that I don't think that they went too far if the goal is getting to a tongue of ILO. If, if you're, if you're sick of this shit, we've been in 20 years of the wilderness being lost in the woods here with the quarterback position and you finally just want to end it. Okay. I think, I think my point is though, that you could get, you're going to get him anyway, because the team is going to be so, I can't see another team that's going to be as bad as. I thought but, so too. But will you? But I I don't know if I don't know if I've ever really believed that because bad bad is bad and I get it's easy to be bad and the Dolphins were set to be bad and they're always going to be bad this year, but you know there can be teams that are worse. I mean there can be a team that shows up and be and just doesn't look, win a game and, and goes at, one and fifteen. Look and at those teams yesterday. Look at those teams yesterday. Yeah, and some of them looked pretty bad. Which, some which, of those which teams ones though? 
Some of those teams looked pretty bad. The Jacksonville Jaguars just lost their quarterback for the season. They looked pretty bad during the game. Their defense imploded. Yeah, okay. but they, they, lost the, to the, they lost to the Chiefs. So The New York yeah. Giants, after sucker punching, after sucker punching uh, the Cowboys in the, uh, in the mouth, or was it the Cowboys that they were playing? Um, yeah. They, they, they sucker punched them with an initial touchdown and then absolutely – you know, just rolled over for the rest of the game. Okay. Yeah, and and they were going to be, they were that. always going to be bad. Right. And let me the, say this. I watched that ownership. I watched that Bengal rid- team and we always thought that the Bengals were a serious threat to us. I didn't get to, I us. never did. They're way too good. Their They're team's good. way too good. good team. They, they, they lost, they lost the last play of the game to the Seahawks on the road. They, yes. they were never in competition. Here's the thing. All of the teams, all of the teams that we thought were going to be in competition with with the Dolphins are potentially be in competition for the number one overall pick. All of them lost yesterday. Okay, so I know that you're going to say, you know, oh, they were too competitive or they looked too good and stuff like that. Well, guess what? I mean, did you watch? Did you watch the Cleveland Browns when they went zero and sixteen? They were competitive in several of those games. I mean, they looked they looked like they should have gone four and twelve. Okay, but they didn't. These were teams but, that were just good enough to lose. But and the point is, so, is there any is there any any part of the Philadelphia team that lost by the the Washington team that lost by six to Philly, or the Giants team when you know that you know with that offense because the Giants front office the Giants ownership is not going to give up. The, that's a differently run team. Yeah, but most. they don't block and tackle, do they? But they're not going to give up on Daniel Jones given all the fuss that was made about Daniel Jones. That's just not going to happen. And let me say this: I watched that whole the ownership. Yeah, if course. they fire if they fire Dave Gettleman and they fire Pat Shermer and the new guys walk in and they've got the number one overall pick and they've got to make the decision between building their future with Tua Tungavailoa or building their future with Daniel Jones and Ownership what do you what, what 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 do you think they're going to choose? What do you think but, the new guys okay. are going to choose? The here's ownership of the Giants will let them decide. I guarantee that because okay, they have question. that priority straightened out. Which mm. part of that Miami team do you think is beating the Giants? the Miami team that you saw yesterday because the, there's not a single part of that team that, that's living with the Giants. Not a well, the Miami team part. that we saw, the Miami team that we saw yesterday or the Miami team that we were talking about three weeks ago team. before, before they kicked out Laramie Tunsil, before they kicked out Kenny Stills, Kiko Alonso, TJ McDonald, Tank Carradine, Vincent Taylor, and then turned 26% of the roster three days before the season began. Yeah. I mean, that team, still, that team, uh, maybe yeah, still a terrible team. Still a terrible team. Still, still, still not a good. Still a terrible team. But maybe, yeah, yeah, they could have, they could have beaten the Giants. That's I what I'm saying. The Giants, they needed to go this far. They, they needed to go this far. Let me, let me say, I watched a lot of football yesterday. Okay, and then I rewatched some of it. The Redskins were beating up on the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Philadelphia Eagles is a very popular Super Bowl pick this year. Okay. Then the game just turned on them, and then you know bad teams do what bad teams do, which is they blow twenty to seven leads. Okay, but the Giants that that score was not reflective of the way that game was being played. They just got beat on like five plays total, and those five plays made the entire difference of the game. They also had some some really rough refereeing. Do you know? Do you know what the do you know what the score? Do you know what the score was of the Dolphins' first game of the season? When they went one and fifteen, yeah, they lost in overtime to the to the Redskins. Yeah, sixteen thirteen, they lost in overtime. They were competitive in that game. Yeah, and the Redskins were a playoff team that year. So yeah, it gets it gets weirder. But no, this team, what they did, if they're if the question, if the ultimate question is, did they go too far? I think they went way too far. They didn't need to if, do all of this 
to ensure that they were going to be bad. Now, if, if they need if they need Tua Tonga Vailoa, then then I can even argue they haven't gone far enough. Nah, I'm with you. I think they did just enough. Like the only thing that's left is to set fire to the to to the Davy facility, like, and say we're suspending practices for the rest of the year. That's the only thing they can do. I think you got to go all in. If it's, if it's for Tua, if it's just this stuff that that we've heard about, where Steve Ross wanted it, a high pick, and you know maybe be able to trade for a guy, and hopefully maybe you can get a shot at Tua Tonga Vailoa. But you know if not, then Justin Herbert. You know they got the guys that they like, and and that's fine. They just want a quarterback. If if that's your goal, then yeah, absolutely. They 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 went through the floor. I mean they they went way too far. Uh, if the goal is Tua Tonga Vailoa, is is listen, this is a generational quarterback. This is going to be the guy that leads us out of the wilderness out of twenty years, and that's what we need. Then this is what they did, and they needed to do it probably. Now let me ask you this, Simon. You saw Lawrence this weekend. Yep. One of our listeners asked me this question, and because that's all they listen to is you know the Dolphin fan right now is is hearing a lot of. Tua Tonga Vailoa, but they're also le- hearing some of Lawrence and some all these two guys play. Practically all yes. I hear about now. Yeah. So what is the difference? I know the difference, but most of our listeners don't. What is the difference between those two, and who is the better prospect in your eye right now? Well, I mean, the difference is one is eligible next year and the other isn't. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> yes. that's what it comes down to. Okay. I mean, they're, they're two very different players. I mean, what what I find quite interesting is that you get a lot of people on social media saying Tua sucks and he was terrible in the national championship game against Clemson, and that's that's fine. He didn't play very well. He was injured. Uh, it's also the one game that seventy five percent of people have actually watched. Didn't haven't seen anything else. You know what you have to take into consideration are all the other games. And people say, oh, he didn't beat. You know, the teams he beat weren't very good. And this, well, you know, that's not really what NFL scouts, general managers are looking for. I mean, well, obviously winning. Also, winning he did beat some good teams. I exactly. mean, just LSU, saying. You know, <laughs> LSU and, you know. Yeah. I mean, but what teams are looking for, and I think this is what people forget, is arm strength, touch, accuracy, leadership, all those sorts of things that you know, they're not necessarily looking for. For you know, did he beat so and so? What was his completion percentage against Georgia Southern? It's not about that. It's about looking at the the skills and the talents that people have and and, and conveying that to the next level. How that will fit in in an NFL team in an NFL offense in the NFL. That's how it works. I think if you're going to line them up one against the other, they are one A and one B. I, I don't know if people that you know NFL people we but we all know NFL people who would have Tour at one A and Trevor at one B and we also mm-hmm. know people that would have it the other way around. Trevor is taller, right. significantly taller. Um, I saw him two years ago when I went to see him in high school, and he looks bigger physically now than he did two years ago. He's obviously been in the weight program. Yeah. He is a very big six foot six. He, you know, he looks like close to six foot seven. Um, he's very mobile. He's got a big arm. He's, he lacks, he has some issues with touch. You know, where if you're going to pick holes, he has some issues with touch. There are a couple of throws that he could have, you know, with better touch, um, would have had uh, other big plays. But what he does, he throws people open. You know, his back shoulder throws are a thing of beauty. And he throw, he threw a pass to T. Higgins at the weekend, which um, Dane Brugler said was badly behind T. Higgins. It wasn't. It was actually perfectly, it was behind him, but it was the only place that he could complete it because not only did he have a corner in coverage, he had a, 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 a safety coming across that would have picked it off. It was just a perfect throw. Tua mm-hmm. is more mobile. I mean, Lawrence is mobile. Tua is more mobile. He's smaller. He's just under six foot one. He's a, he's a big old 220 
six pounds. I think he measured in when they measured him. He he's weighed a, at I think, I think he's 30 right before camp. Is he 230? Yeah, but right, yeah. he's, he's lost weight. He's down to like he's, something like 215 now. Yeah. Okay. And he looked, I mean, he showed some serious wheels with that, with that touchdown at yeah. the weekend. He's got touch. He's got accuracy. He's got a big arm. He's got vision. Yeah. He's got Devonte Smith and, and rugs and, uh, and Jerry Judy to throw to, but you know, you can't, that, that can't be used as a knock against him. The guy, you know, he still has to get the ball to the guys in the right places, which he does. The fact that he's got NFL talent receivers isn't his fault. But so does um, so does so does Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. Yeah. Lawrence has Justin Ross and T. Higgins and Amani Rogers and, and the two Travis the number one number, exactly the number one number two receivers in in the country that that came in high school receivers in the country both went to to Clemson. Um, you know he has legitimate talent. So does Jake Fromm. All these guys have good players to throw to, um, but they are just difference makers. They are just you know, and we've said it probably since this podcast started that if you got the chance to draft to her then you do so and don't look back because he is that transcendent talent to me he's the best quarterback since Andrew Luck and I didn't see John Elway but to me he's the best college quarterback I have seen since I started following this game and this is my 35th season as a fan um, and I've followed the college game pretty intensely so yeah I'm old enough to have seen John Elway Okay. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll leave you. I'll leave you with this though. On and on a, for whatever it's worth. I mean, because we just saw, we just saw, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence play Texas A and M, and they were yeah. number sixteen ranked. Um, and he went twenty four thirty five for two sixty eight, one touchdown and one interception. All right. It's and the NCAA rating is about one thirty seven, something like that. Last year, when Tua played Texas A and M, they were also ranked number sixteen. Yeah. And he went 22 of 30 for 387 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Okay, yeah. so I mean, this is this is not. And he also, oh, he added a rushing touchdown, just by the way. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, it's it's not that I'm not saying that Tua is leagues better than Trevor Lawrence or some, but they're they're mismatched. Tua's one year ahead, so yeah. it, that matters. Um, and and we'll see what Trevor is by the end. All I'm saying is right now, as far as uh, you know, mapping these guys over to NFL offenses, the stuff that you see to a tongue of processing on the field uh, and the speed that he's, that he's operating with on the field yeah. maps over a lot better right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Clearly, clearly Trevor Lawrence has the gun. I mean, this guy has a freaking golden rifle. I mean, it's, yeah. it's amazing. I have a very um, simple philosophy uh, on all of this. You're setting us up for this disastrous historical <laughs> season then it better be for two of Tonga Bailoa. And, and I don't yeah. want to hear about tanking two seasons to get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, That's right. I'll you, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you this. There were four scouts in front of us on uh, Clemson. I mean, there were about 60, but in our block, there were four scouts, two from ASC teams, two from NSC teams. And when they showed a highlight of Tua's second touchdown pass, um, which was the beautiful right depth sort of down, I can't remember who it was to, in the right-hand corner of the end zone, all four of them turned to look at each other and just shook their heads. Uh, and one of them was just like, the guy's ridiculous. And these are guys that are here, you know, these are legitimate and these are proper NFL scouts. These are not just guys from magazines. These are guys with the hats and the jerseys, you know, with their teams affiliated mm -hmm. to. I chatted to a couple of the guys and they are, you know, they know, they know mm -hmm. what we know. Yeah. Uh, you know, he is a different, just a different, the ball comes off his hand differently. Like Chris mm -hmm. says, processes differently. It's just a different level. And it's his comfort level. Like if you watch him, and I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that like to talk about body language or whatever, but I'm going to talk about body language. Look at his face. He plays the game with a joy. 
And that's because he's comfortable. He's comfortable playing with these guys. He's playing at the highest level in college, and he knows he's better than everybody else around him. That means something, especially translating to the NFL. When he's gonna you know my only play. worry about him, though? You know what would be my only worry? Mm-hmm. Injury? Like, what, what? well, yeah. <laughs> okay, two worries. Um, what we're talking about right now with Minka Fitzpatrick, we all swore that he was, like, you know, the the – best character you've ever seen right mm-hmm. uh, but the bottom line is these guys played at Alabama where they won a ton never really lost much and and maybe maybe are a little bit a little bit in a bubble there and they go to a bad team uh, a losing team where maybe there are some questionable coaching decisions or maybe not maybe maybe everything that they're doing is perfectly justifiable but either way you know what happens when they get into that different more challenging environment do we see like what do we see out of Tuatunga Vailoa when things when the chips are really down um like we're kind of seeing a little bit getting catching a little glimpse of with Minka Fitzpatrick that would be my only concern yeah, the, fam- really- the, f- the family is a concern for me yeah in that it's just a different he comes from a different culture a different background their wants and needs are different. They're, you know, there's a lot of family members with a lot of fingers in a lot of pies. I don't mean that in, an ass, in a bad way at all, but there's just a lot going on there. They've always been very, very influential in what he does. Every move he makes, uh, famously, they, they, they've all moved from the islands to, um, to uh, Alabama. They all live in Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. to make sure that he's okay. Obviously, his brother's there now as well. That would be one slight issue that I would... You know, I would have, but beyond that, I just think, you're, like you say, it's a generational talent. But to be fair, can mm. we even think of a uh, an NFL player that's had a helicopter parent problem? No, I mean, yes, these guys are in college. These guys are in college, right? And they they don't have anybody on their side. Right. They're not being paid. They're not being, you know, yeah. allegedly, <laughs> uh, they're not being, you know, they don't well, they don't, don't have many reasons. They don't have the resources, certainly, that they will in the NFL. They're not grown. They're not fully grown, mature men yet, and uh, and so they have family looking out for them, and yeah. and that's perfectly understandable. And in fact, it's something you want. And now they get to the NFL, and they have loads of money, and they have the resources to, you know, to take care of the things they need to take care of. They're getting more mature. They're growing up. Uh, I just haven't seen a helicopter parent be a problem. Hmm. All right, on the way out here, we haven't even talked about the New England Patriots. Oh, Christ, we have to talk about them. Let's just do a prediction and get out of here. (laughs) Well, I'll ask you two questions. Simon, how good are the Patriots this year? How good are they going to be this year? And give me a score on Sunday. I mean, they looked scary good last night against a pretty average, what looked like a pretty average Pittsburgh team. But, you know, they just made them look average, didn't they? They shut everybody down. Juju wasn't a factor. They couldn't get any of the second, second and third receivers going. James Conner wasn't a factor. You know, they've got such great receivers, but they, they ran the ball a lot. And you're thinking, well, it's going to be Sony Michelle and then it's going to be James White. Well, actually, it was Rex Burke here. That, you know, next week it'll be James White. The week after it will be Michelle. Then there'll be, you know, Antonio Brown after 200 yards. Then it'll mm. be Josh Gordon. Then it'll be back to you know, Brandon Bolden, it's just, they're just a different, they're just, I mean, if they're not in the Super Bowl, I'll be, I'll be absolutely staggered. In terms of the result, the weekend, uh, I mean, I think it would probably be 45-14 Patriots, maybe, that one's, against the Dolphins. That one's right there with me. All right. Ooh, and I, th- I think they'll probably, and I think they'll probably take Brady out, of, you know, Stidham probably scores a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, 45-14. 
I think so. You take you take a defense that was already pretty good last year, and we saw them and how they performed in the Super Bowl. You get Jamie Collins back, and yeah. you um, you sub in. I know they lost Trey Flowers, but they subbed in Michael Bennett for him, and yeah. Michael Bennett you know does many of the same things. It's 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 uncanny. Um, they still got Gilmore Chung, Devin, the McCourty brothers, Je- and Jonathan Jones, who they just gave an extension to. They even they even kept Danny Shelton so that he, you know he can p- kind of play as a Kyle Van Noy didn't even play last night, did he? Yeah, you know, no, Kyle Van Noy didn't even play. He's a um, lead tackler. Yeah, and it was uh, it was Jamie Collins, it was Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower uh, the whole game, and you know, so you add all those guys to what was already a good defense, and it's just you know. Then on offense, now they just got Antonio Brown in addition to what, you know, Josh Gordon is playing. He's not suspended. He's, he's good. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so maddening. And they're going to win the Super Bowl again this year. And I, I truly, truly believe that. And I think they might be even better than they were last year on the way. And so this game is going to end poorly for the Dolphins. This is, there's, no, there's not going to be a surprise. No, it uh, won't be a surprise. I hate to I say think it. The only thing the Dolphins have on their side is the propensity for the Patriots to play down to us here in Miami. So for that, I'm going to pick Patriots 42, Dolphins 20. Wow. And that's I don't. It. I don't think the Dolphins are going to score 20 because I don't think no. I, I. I think they should I think that the Ravens a better defense. Nope, but the nope the Ravens the Ravens let up off the gas. I I really believe that the oh, Ravens defense let up off the gas in a way that the New England Patriots, the way they coach their defense, they generally don't. And so I think that I think they're going to keep up the they're going to keep their foot on the gas the entire game. I think we're going to be lucky to score a, t- a single touchdown in this game. And uh, I, I would say more like six points and on the other side of the ball. And the Patriots are going to do whatever they want. The only reason I would go a little bit lower in the score, like 35, is because I think they're going to want to get their running game going. Like there, there are things that, that the fifth preseason game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, it is. It's almost like a preseason game. You get to choose what you want to establish against the Dolphins because they can't really, they can't really defend anything right now. So they're going to want to get Sony Michelle going in a way that they didn't necessarily last week. And Let me say this I, as well. Belichick yeah, will want revenge for the miracle. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. The miracle in Miami. You're right. All right, we got to get out of here. That's it. There is no more. I would tell you to enjoy the game, but, you know, unfortunately, you probably know what's coming. That's it. There is no more. We will talk to you guys again on Monday. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Hey, this is Seth Levitt, who you may not know. And O.J. McDuffie, who you definitely know. And we're getting ready to dive back into the fish tank. That's right, Drew. Season 2 of the Fish Tank Podcast right here on the 5 Reasons Sports Network kicks off on Tuesday, August 6th, with our biggest catch yet. Hall of Famer, Jason Taylor. I got the first hit in, and then he proceeded to, to grab my face mask. And he, I swear to God, I've never seen anybody throw so many uppercuts <laughs> in so little time. And he hit me in my stomach, my solar plexus, my solar plexus. and my esophagus. <laughs> 
but it was like it was like it was on a, like a boomerang. Like it just kept boomeranging. But the whole time he was holding my face mask and my head could move. Hey, bobblehead. Sw- like this was boomerang before boomerang. He was even out on phones. So don't miss JT, OJ, DJ Preach, and myself, and all new guests, and most importantly, more of the best Miami Dolphin stories that you've never heard. Exactly, Big Seth. We've got an amazing lineup of your favorite Dolphins from guys I play with to guys I looked up to, and even some players you'll be cheering for this season. Hey, hey, don't forget those of us who work behind the scenes. Yeah, you too. know I won't do that, man, because the fish tank takes you where no other Dolphin podcast can with some of the funniest, wildest, and most interesting stories of what goes on with your favorite team, players, and coaches when the cameras aren't watching. You can find The Fish Tank on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you do your podcast listening. So subscribe and start downloading today. Thanks for diving in. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.